0: Welcome. I'm your host, Carl Nelms, and this is the Bloke Psychology Podcast, where we discuss everything from men's health, mental health, relationships, psychology, masculinity, and pretty much everything that relates to being a man in today's society. Today's episode features Mr. Eric Leakey and Mr. Travis Monk. Now, these guys are physios, and they run the Online Prostate Physiotherapy Clinic. It's a one-of-a-kind, potentially a world-first, and they are very passionate about men's health, and in particular, prostate cancer, and supporting blokes through that journey. I learned a hell of a lot, and even if you're not interested in prostate cancer, you think, nah, it's not for me, I'm a bit young, I would highly encourage you check out this episode because you will learn a hell of a lot. I know i did prostate cancer impacts a huge amount of guys around the world and in particular in australia so even if you're lucky enough not to be touched on an individual level you can almost guarantee that a mate or a family member will be at one point or another and i think it's an area that we need to be talking a hell of a lot more about enjoy guys and we are live. Welcome back, everybody, to the Bloke Psychology Podcast. I'm Carl Nelms, your host, and today I am here with two gents who have a very interesting business venture. I'm here with Travis Monk and Eric Lecky. Welcome to the Bloke Psychology Podcast, guys, and thank you for giving us your time.
1: Thanks for having us on, Carl. Yeah, thanks uh, for having us, Carl. Both really excited to be on the podcast and share part of our story.
0: Excellent. Excellent. And I know, Trav, we met, I can't remember how long ago that was, a year, 18 months ago, as you were just about to start this venture, I think. Uh, You uh, obviously have a passion for men's health and you were telling me about your plans and look at it now, it's live. You guys are both physios and you're running an online prostate clinic for men. So tell us a bit about that origin story and how it came to be.
1: Yeah, I guess we did catch up at probably about eight or nine months ago. I was actually doing a bit of research in that, Cal. So looking back then, a lot's changed. And, um, yeah, we have become live. Um, sort of been a growing passion that's kept building and building. So um, at the moment, uh, we're live and we're sort of starting to trickle in and treat some more, more and more patients with prostate cancer. But um, it's been quite a journey so far as Eric... Um, Will vouch for as well. So um, I guess a good place to start would be talking about our story, how Eric and I come together and how we developed this interest. Um, so Eric is Canadian, as um, some people might hear in his accent later. Um,
2: <laughs>
1: we we both met at uh, we went to uni together at um, Melbourne Uni, uh, doing a post physio program there, and um, within that program. Uh, it's over three years. They fit a little bit more than the uh, meat and potatoes physiotherapy skills. We also did a lot of uh, health promotion uh, subjects within that. So, as part of that, we were in a group of four: myself, Eric, and two other close mates. And um, we were based out in a mental health community out in Mount Waverley in Melbourne. And um, within that process, we had a look at the community and it was a men's health, So it was guys mostly over the age of about 60 getting together once a week doing exercise classes. And so from that, we sort of spent a good 12 months with that that community, getting to know their needs um, and how we could help them. And I'm sure Eric and I were sort of on a similar path, entering the program thinking that we wanted to get, into some more elite sporting environments out of it. But I guess being involved in this journey and understanding the roles that physio can have within men's health, we sort of slowly built a bit more of a passion outside of what our original interests were. And Mm -hmm. I guess it just developed from there um, that we got to know the needs for men. Um, And yeah, really wanted to pursue... A working environment that's that sort of emulated that and working with that population um as we got to know their needs more and more so
0: and Trav, just, sort just of- to jump in there quickly because i mean it is such a niche service you guys run and i mean I, I think i was saying earlier uh the area of prostate is definitely not my expertise whatsoever i even had to google some australian stats before this but it is so, so prevalent. So, the niche itself is probably so, so needed, I would imagine. Can you, can one of you talk a little bit about just, you know, the why behind it and sort of how prevalent, you know, prostate cancer and the services or maybe the inadequacy of the services are in our country?
2: Yeah, I could probably touch on this one, Trav, if you don't mind. Uh, it's, yeah. a, it's a really, really good point, Carl. And the reason why we got into this specific niche is, like you were saying, the rates of men being diagnosed with prostate cancer is only getting higher and higher. And we think that's largely due to the technology of detection, technology available. So more men are being tested. Um, and that kind of, cr- that painted a picture in our, in our minds with, okay, how are these men being treated and what options do they have made available to them? So typically you'd go to see a urologist, which is a mental health uh, specialist that specializes in prostate cancer, and you'd get a few tests done, such as your prostate-specific antigen, and then they could do a biopsy and a prostate check from there if deemed appropriate.
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: what happens is men typically find themselves in uh, one or two parties uh, where they go get tested, and they have a really low PSA level. That means it's a very low-grade prostate cancer, uh, or men um, have a more aggressively um persisting prostate cancer where they need the surgery within a couple months so yeah, when Eric, you're, when can, you're
0: si- can i just pause you for a second just because uh i hate to interrupt but i know one of no, the i don't know if it's a myth but one of the uh you know they make a lot of fun of it on tv for example the testing of prostate now does it still involve the fingers up the rear <laughs> well, I-
2: yes i think it does uh there are there are other testing mechanisms but that, that is uh that's still one of the more prominent still the main one. <laughs> that okay. you have to look forward
1: to <laughs>
0: just wanted to check if that was a myth or not please carry on carry on
1: drop well, um, there again carl so so the validity of those tests are, are becoming less and less so uh men fear not that it's slowly getting phased out because the the blood test is becoming much much better and mm. also the technology technological increases in MRI MRI is much, much better to detect cancer. So that was probably a little bit more old theory that might still be done within clinical practice for a urologist, but um, more and more phased out. So um, just mostly relying on an MRI and um, blood test now. So that fear can still be there, but hopefully... uh, the digital rectal exam is not on the cards if you're getting your checkup.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Good point. I feel like a lot of listeners can breathe easy now after hearing that one. (laughs) Um, so yeah, so as I was saying with those two parties, what we found is that let's say you were diagnosed with a really low grade prostate cancer. What typically happens is your urologist uh, will say, okay, we'll see how you go. Um, it's not likely to progress all that quickly. We're going to retest you in another six months or whatever they deem to be appropriate. So that's when Trav and I kind of of came into the situation with our physiotherapist hats on and said, well, we know that there's a lot of research into lifestyle modifications for helping men, you know, improve their overall health and fitness, which directly implicates um, and helps to potentially slow the progression of their prostate cancer among a whole other factors. So we found that if men could really focus on um, their diet, their nutrition, their stress, their mental health, and their sleep, everything that conforms your lifestyle factors, they could have a big input into how their prostate cancer progresses or how they recover from that surgery. And we found that this was an area that wasn't being touched on all that well. It is like they'll send you to go see a physiotherapist but oftentimes it's after the surgery, and that is for pelvic floor muscle retraining to help with that erectile dysfunction, the incontinence um, in regaining that that physical strength back. So that's where we found that we can approach this for more of a preventative side of things as well, and help to empower a lot of men that even though you were diagnosed with this life-changing condition, no one wants to hear that they have cancer, but there's a lot that you can control that you can start right now that could help improve your situation in the long term, and that's that's what we based our model around.
0: Very cool, very cool. So would I be? That was one of the other questions I had for you guys. Would I be uh, right in saying that regardless of where people fall on the prostate sort of diagnosis stage, whether they're you know stage one, two, three, or they've had surgery or they're pre-surgery, that your service can assist them in one way or
1: another yeah for sure so as eric was saying like in an active surveillance um, low-grade prostate cancer there's so much that can be done that's sort of not within the traditional role of healthcare at the moment a lot of lifestyle factors aren't being addressed before getting a surgery so that's one area that can really make an impact and research is starting to support that all the way through to advanced cancers, where the cancer has spread to other parts of the body, men might be on an andro- androgen deprivation therapy. So, um, unfortunately, for some men, they might be that might mean castration. Um, Shit. So that can have some quite a big effects to their physical health. So um, there's a lot more research showing that if we can get them men, those men doing some structured exercise, that can sort of help to um, reduce those side effects that they might be experiencing. So, mm-hmm. And the most known one for physio is that post-surgical recovery of the pelvic floor. But I guess what Eric and I are trying to do is really expand upon um, the physio's role just from being that. And there's so much more that can be on offer. And going back to your previous question, there's 20,000 men diagnosed with prostate cancer in Australia annually, but Ninety-five percent of them live beyond five years, so Shit. the survival rate is actually really good. But um, the quality of living can take an impact. And
0: what is the uh, mortality rate per year? Do you know off the top of your head, Trud or Eric?
1: I was looking at this the other day. I think it's only within Australia specifically. I think it might only be a couple of thousand, about three thousand per year. So okay. there are still men with advanced cancer that are. Um, dying from prostate cancer which is absolutely unfortunate but for the large majority of men they they do survive quite a long time with the cancer and that comes back to our increases in sort of technology picking them up and um, from the age of 55 it's recommended that they start getting these blood tests so that it is getting picked up a lot earlier and another factor is that a lot of men are being over treated with unnecessary surgeries instead of actually making some of those lifestyle changes within that active surveillance period to try and slow the progression of the disease.
0: Is that, uh, when you say overtreated, is that because of lack of knowledge on the practitioner's behalf or what is that?
1: Uh, I don't want to put the burden on uh, practitioners or urologists. Uh, That can come down to the, the anxiety and fear from men. Living with a cancer is quite um, mm. quite foreign. Um, and a lot of treatment decisions are driven by fear and anxiety. So um, a lot of men will hear cancer and then there would just be a tunnel. Let's get rid of the cancer instead of actually taking an approach where it's like, well, you've got a cancer, you can live with it, we can monitor it, but hey, let's have a look at your diet, how much physical activity you're doing. How much exercise are you doing? That can all sort of play a role in trying Mm -hmm. to keep it at bay. Mm -hmm.
2: And even um, to touch on that too, Trav, with recovering from that surgery as well, um, you're going to still have doctor's appointments after the surgery, but uh, we feel that you need a lot of personalized coaching to help you pick up those pieces after the surgery has kind of resolved itself because a lot of these men are going to be left Unfortunately, with issues such as incontinence, so leaking of uh, urine, uh, sexual dysfunction, all of the really terrible things that you hear about that kind of adds into that anxiety for men, where we find that if you focus more on really personalized coaching, we like to use the term coaching um, through those different stages and empowering these men that, hey, you don't need to just rely on drugs or equipment. These are a lot of things that you can start doing now with specific mm-hmm. advice could really help with that quality of life moving forward. Because as Trav was touching on, even though the survival rate is really, really promising and positive, we wanna make sure that these men, even though that prostate cancer might be out of that immediate sight, that that quality of life is continuing to improve as they progress on with their lives in relationships, in their own mental health, in their own physical health and well-being. Yeah.
0: And that anxiety, I mean, that's why I was so keen to get you guys on because I haven't worked a lot in this space, but probably over the last few years I've had maybe four or five dudes of varying uh, severity who have been diagnosed with prostate cancer. And the one thing we always come back to is you know even that guy who's been diagnosed, but he's told, "Hey, you don't need to do anything at the moment, it It's fine, it's nothing. He's still being told he's got fucking cancer. <laughs> Yeah. and yeah. of course what do you do you start they they give you a little leaflet about what it could mean and you go to doctor mm. google and they see things like you know retrograde ejaculation erectile dysfunction you know castration incontinence all this stuff and i mean that's enough to make any bloke anxious because then it really does tap into that sense of masculinity and that sense of self and you as a man you know all of those things you know, really impact that sense of self. So, you know, I'm really glad that you guys talk about, Eric, you know, that coaching side of things. One thing I'm mindful we probably haven't mentioned either is that your clinic is solely online, isn't it? So you guys have a very far-reaching audience.
2: Absolutely. That uh, That was our goal in that we didn't feel that just because you live in the inner suburbs of the city or around a bigger metro city that you are the only ones that get access to care or that you'd have to travel long distances. We wanted to expand our outreach in this niche to whether you live in Ballarat, uh, whether you live somewhere more rural rurally or regionally, you can still have access to care without actually having to leave your home. That is all research and evidence-based. Um, so you get that quality healthcare approach to your care moving forward.
1: And another thing is that a lot of physios, if you went to a general generalist physio, if you were stuck in rural or regional uh, areas, a lot of physios probably wouldn't have that specific knowledge of what men's needs are with prostate cancer. And mm-hmm. similar to your service, Carl, I think we wanted to tackle it from a bloke's, treating bloke's perspective because uh, healthcare is quite a feminine environment and we want to sort of reduce some of those barriers that men might be experiencing just to have a chat is probably more important just having a chat with someone and not having any sort of fear regarding what they're actually talking about because some of the problems are deeply personal that regarding erectile dysfunction and incontinence, and some of these men just really don't open up to a lot of people about this so We want to sort of address some of those issues as well within sort of the physiotherapy profession.
0: And I can see how guys in a rural or regional area, whether it be in Australia or around the world, if they were to go see the sort of the general physio in maybe that community health centre, nothing against them. But this is such a niche area. If you're a guy presenting Mm -hmm. with the things that we've been talking about or I know my clients' experience, they're not necessarily going to get adequate care or understanding, are they? Because it is such a niche area.
2: That's right. And a lot of the times what we find is uh, some men will actually be put off by that because it's such a confronting experience. If someone has had that prostatectomy where they get that removed or one of the other various surgeries uh, or treatment methods, and then they go to see just a generalist physio that might know base level knowledge on pelvic floor, um, and then are getting touched in, you know, trying to be, um, cued to do these different exercises incorrectly and they're not seeing any, any value or any progression from that. Um, they're not going to want to touch it ever again, which is really disappointing because we know from the research that there's so much benefit to be made and to be had through really specific coaching. Um, so yeah. Just
0: uh, on the rural and regional thing, the, the little research I did do prior to chatting with you guys, I saw a stat, I can't remember where I saw it, but I'm assuming it was roughly accurate, that I think it was 24%, 25% higher, I think prevalence of diagnosis of prostate cancer in rural and regional areas. I don't think it was mortality rate. I think it was the diagnosis. Does that sound correct? And if so, I mean, is that because of those, as you guys have both talked about, those lifestyle factors that really do Uh, have a significant impact on diagnosis and treatment outcomes and quality of life?
1: Unfortunately, with a lot of statistics around regional and rural um, populations, the prevalence of chronic diseases and cancers is much higher. Um, So that does come down to multiple factors being sort of that lower socioeconomic status and uh, some of those lifestyle factors um, such as diet, nutrition, um, physical activity, and exercise. So, a good story that, and good sounding board for what Eric and I have already sort of um, gone through. A lot of the times we did a placement out in uh, Avoca. If anyone anyone knows where Avoca is, it's near maribara between Ballarat and Bendigo. Which um, we did a three week placement out there, and their access to care was. Very, very minimal. So sometimes Eric and I will uh, always go back to how can we reach that person within a um that actually has a statistical higher, statistically higher need for healthcare services. So how can we actually reduce some of those barriers? But so, um, it's always been a good little sounding board for us to go back to that placement that we did there. Mm. So
0: a guy uh, goes to your website. He's obviously been diagnosed with prostate cancer in some way, shape, or form. What happens then? You know, If he decides to sign up with you guys and go, right, I'm going to uh, see what these guys can offer me, what happens? Walk us through that experience.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, when someone visits our website, you'll see uh, we've got a button in the top right corner and we offer a free initial assessment because we understand that men that might be recently diagnosed or that might have just come out of the surgery that have heard about us, they wanna know a little bit more about us. And so what we offer is a, um, it's a completely free, no commitment consultation where you uh, book in and you either get to talk to Trav or I for a 20 to 30 minute video chat where we give you the opportunity to tell us a little bit about what you're struggling with uh, and what you need help with. And then you get to learn about how we can potentially help you and we can kind of sort through whether or not you'd be a good candidate for our program. Because um, as we all know, treating someone entirely online relies on a couple different metrics um, with that individual person. So we want to make sure that you'd be a good fit as well. Um, For instance, uh, if you had any other comorbidities or other health issues that you might need more of an in-person doctor to treat, depending on how severe your side effects are, Uh, we want to make sure we get all those nuts and bolts uh, sorted first before we go any further. And so once we have that free initial consultation, uh, we would make our our recommendation, such as, "Ah, Kyle, you might benefit from either our before care program. That's for any man that is awaiting the surgery, that's looking to help prevent the surgery. Um, And then we also have an after care program. So as the name suggests, that's recovering from the surgery or when you're on, as Trav mentioned, androgen deprivation therapy or any of those hormone replacement therapies in managing your prostate cancer. So we can kind of give you some advice on what we think you'd really benefit from. And each of those programs, they are both six weeks in duration where we catch up once a week through video technology. And you also have access to our software where you're able to text message us through the application. Uh, 24-7 asking us questions uh, we send you out outcome measures if you were to sign up so based on what we discuss in your free assessment let's say you're having some issues recovering from the surgery with uh, incontinence and sexual dysfunction those seem to be our most um, popular ones Uh, we'll send you an outcome measure to get a good baseline measure of where you currently are right now in your process and That gives us a good indication of the steps that we need to take to help you get back to that recovering your continence and sexual dysfunction. And it's a good analytical measure for us to send to your urologist and other um, members of your healthcare team to create that good multidisciplinary approach to it. So we wanna include everyone. We wanna make sure that all of our clients feel that we are staying in contact with our healthcare team. and then, yeah, we we see you through that six weeks of treatment. We have our own Facebook page that we add our clients to afterwards for continued care. So we don't want anyone to feel like they've just dropped off. Um, and then also what we're really working on right now, which is exciting, and that's why I, I really loved um, getting into contact with you, Kyle, is uh, other practitioners in the area of men's health. That we're working to develop and refine our network list. So if someone is really, really struggling with their mental health, we can confidently say that, Hey, we know someone that could really help you within our network. Go see bloke psychology. And we've got a couple other, uh, a couple other members in our network as well with um, sexual dysfunction with devices to help men maintain and attain erections uh, with pharmaceuticals specifically for men's health. Um, surrounding areas such as incontinence and erectile dysfunction so we really just want to be that that one stop where you know that you're going to get good referrals from us specialized care and just really good coaching moving forward and helping you achieve whatever goals that are important to you and maintain that good quality of life moving forward regardless of the stage of cancer i love
0: it i absolutely love that eric Uh, I was wondering, as you were saying that, when you said, you know, the programs, I was thinking, oh shit, is this just some program you sign up to and you get, you know, a video each week and you get a little PDF, but I mean, it sounds so much more than that, isn't it? I mean, you guys are meeting with them. What weekly is it? Each of you? Yeah, it's weekly. Okay, so weekly. So
2: it's 40 minute consultation, kind of like what we're doing now, but obviously one-on-one headphones and uh, it's great because they're in the comfort of their own homes and we can determine. So it's not a cookie cutter plan. So we have it laid out various phases, but we modify it from there. So we have four phases within six weeks that we progress through. And we might spend time on one phase more than the other based on what they're currently struggling with. So what we're finding is a lot of men uh, need a lot of help with their diet, uh, their diet and exercise. And that's where we are giving our clients personalized exercise programs that are progressed weekly with very, very specific exercises and a lot more generalized exercise than you'd think. So I'm sure when someone comes across their we- our website, they're gonna be thinking, oh, probably just gonna get a whole lot of pelvic floor muscle exercises. Yeah, you, work are. On those yeah, <laughs> you are. You are. Yeah, you are, but there's a whole lot more to it. So we actually wanna focus on the entire body. So getting just getting you moving more, getting you a lot stronger, helping you put on some muscle, and most importantly, uh, losing body fat, which is gonna help you across all those side effects. Uh, in moving forward wow i think
0: uh, you guys are going to need to hire some more people soon once this catches fire you're going to be very very busy um i we're love quick, the idea we're
2: quickly realizing
0: that <laughs> yeah i could imagine i could imagine um, i mean especially hopefully once this episode gets out you're going to get more and more podcast requests and it's only going to take one tv tv interview and you guys are going to go nuts i think you should be really proud of yourself especially here in, you know getting the privilege to hear, meet with Trav you know before this was actually up and running to hear what it is now I love the idea too of that Facebook group to provide that aftercare support what, what is that is that sort of more a peer support group or what tell us a little bit more about that
2: it's definitely more of a peer support group so there's no real commitment to it. it's kind of come and go as you please but it's a it's a private Facebook group that um, have men that have been in the similar situations before, like either recovering or currently managing their prostate cancer as a good sounding board. So I act as a, um, as a mentor in a lot of the prostate cancer uh, Facebook groups that are public groups out there. And we wanted to create more of a private group for people that have gone through our programs so that they know that they have direct access. If they have any further questions, it's not like they have to go and buy a whole nother package or pay for a consult. Uh, We want to have that continuing support. And we find also that a lot of men get a lot out of it where they're able to be a mentor for other men too. Um, They get a lot of value out of that in satisfaction of, okay, I'm now able to help someone through a similar stage that I was most pretty recently in. And it must be really
0: good for guys uh, who are sort of just starting the process to be able to hear from other guys who are three steps ahead of them and go, ah, shit, you know look where they are now. I mean, that must be really, really powerful for them.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And to be honest, it is one of the new features that we've added. So it's slowly building up. Like I was saying, there's no commitment to join it, uh to join the private Facebook group, but we are hoping that we are going to build it bigger and bigger. So there's there's a few members in it already, but it's primarily Trav and I answering those questions and providing that support. But like <laughs> you were saying Kyle, we uh we have every intention to keep adding people uh, our personal
1: clients to it um, over time in hoping that that builds. And much of the credit, the Prostate Cancer Foundation of Australia have a lot of support groups um, in physical locations all around Australia. So men also have access to that. And as Eric mentioned, there's also other prostate cancer um, support groups on um, platforms such as Facebook that they can already access. But we want to sort of create our own little community as well um, that have specifically gone through our treatment program yeah i love it
0: love it just quickly because i want to i want to grill you guys about uh, your other passion which is obviously telehealth but guys listening to this at what age do we need to start worrying about prostate cancer putting it on our radar going to the dreaded gp for a lot of blokes and saying hey you know let's talk about this let's let's talk about testing and whatnot
1: yeah so For men, it's recommended if they've got a family history of prostate cancer. uh, It's recommended they start thinking about these things when they're 45, start going to their GP, getting some of those tests that we've just discussed earlier. Otherwise, it's recommended from the age of 55 if there's no family history um, of prostate cancer. And that would just be just to see whether there is any underlying low grade cancers by doing some of those tests. And then you might get. Place on an active surveillance program as we've discussed or um in the worst case scenario you might pick up um a higher grade cancer earlier on but um usually uh, using that family history is a bit of a indicator from there
0: okay so you heard of gents out there 45 or 55 Telehealth, boys. So obviously, this is something I think a lot of health practitioners have had to dive into recently due to the COVID nineteen crisis. Which mm. we're recording on Saturday. What is the date today? I don't even know. Seventeenth, I think. Eighteenth. 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 So we're, we're deep get, into get the, the uh, days at
1: the moment.
0: Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's wash, rinse, repeat. We're deep into the lockdowns at the moment. Community restrictions. So I know. Mm uh myself that we've had to even though we've always provided some telehealth we've had to dive into that and really promote that a lot more but also you know become a lot more accustomed to it um but obviously this is your entire business so this would just be uh, your bread and butter so tell us a bit about the passion for telehealth because i know when i first met you trav that was one thing you were very very big on
1: yeah so it is was, was a funny sort of circumstance that sort of led to. Um, Eric and I choosing a telehealth platform that um, sort of led from just initially starting working and just seeing some features on some of the the software programs that I had access to and a lot of physios have access to under a, a program called PhysiTrack um, and 12 months ago they had a, a telehealth feature on that and Eric and I brainstorming sort of how can we get into this sort of space um, and how can we have the biggest impact, we sort of, nailed it down to telehealth and really I think the long list of benefits far outweigh the um, the barriers to telehealth. So, um, and again, going back to that men in Avoca, how, ac- how can we access them when they need to access us most? So um, we really want to have a bigger reach and not just be in the confines of a physical location and mm. particularly give those men specialists. expertise in in care and prostate cancer from a physiotherapist to to anyone so I guess the biggest benefits are for some of those um, people that are in rural and regional areas but it's not just limited to them it's also um, people in the inner suburbs who just want to be at home and not have to travel to go to an appointment and still get great quality care Uh, our approach is doesn't need to be hands-on. So it's sort of like a perfect marriage in between that we can use it because there's not a great deal of evidence that we need to do any hands-on sort of treatments, but we can be really effective with the way that we can communicate and deliver treatment programs and use it at like adequate softwares that really support you. Mm. I on you, that, you, there, know,
0: you go. Yeah, go.
2: yeah. yeah good points, Trav um like was saying when we got into this space uh our goal was to always as chav was mentioning before to get into that elite sport but when we when we figured out other areas that we were interested in based on our own father's health you know growing up uh we we realized like men's health was the area we wanted to dive into and when you're considering as a physiotherapist if you want to open a brick and mortar practice It pays to be a generalist clinic where it's like, oh, we support arthritis, um, you know, sports injuries, this, that, and the other, um, where we figured out that the way we can keep our operational costs really low, excuse me, but continue to offer a premium service is by going through a niche. So by doing telehealth, we are letting people know that this is all we do is prostate cancer. So you're not coming here for arthritis, uh, for stroke rehabilitation. This is all we do. And we figured that we could reach a broader market using a telehealth platform and using um, Google Analytics and other metrics like that to reach men with prostate cancer. Because as you would imagine, as you was mentioning before, people are like, shit, I've got cancer. They want to go see someone that really knows what they're doing. So they're going to go see the best urologist that they can find. Facebook groups online are cluttered with uh, personal reviews of urologists, uh, mental health GPs, et cetera. We really wanted to throw our hat in that in that ballot as well and say this is all we do. And we just figured that by doing it via telehealth, it would be a really good streamlining to that. And from there, Travis and I—it uh, was a pretty surreal experience—but we we earned our spot. We earned ourselves a spot on the Australian Physiotherapy Association's Telehealth Board. So we are a part of an advocacy panel for all physiotherapists in Australia, helping to push telehealth forward. So it was interesting because before COVID, Travis and I, along with other board members, were working really, really hard to find a way to bring private health insurance companies and uh, GP rebates through Medicare um, into the playing field to help men and to help people all over Australia get some type of rebate back for a telehealth consult because the research was so clearly indicating that it is just as effective, if not more effective, than to go see an in-person physiotherapist. And then once COVID happened, it was virtually, literally overnight, we got an email from um, one of the heads of the board saying that there was a whole lineup of private health insurance companies waiting to come on board that the government was pushing for Medicare care plans um, to be accepted through telehealth practices. And that's all evolved over the past couple of weeks. And we are accepting Medicare um, payment plans, sorry, care plans. Uh, A lot of private health insurance companies are offering support to their clients for telehealth consultations. So it's really grown and evolved. And it's been a really, really cool and rewarding roller coaster to be on because we went from Most people not knowing what telehealth was to now it's becoming more of a household term like, oh, you know, I can go, I've been seeing my GP online. Why not go see a physiotherapist online? Especially if you kind of fall into that category where you're more of a niche issue, such as prostate cancer, you can really benefit from quality care online without ever having to leave home, which is great in today's climate (laughs) as a lot of people aren't
1: actually able to leave the house but still need ongoing care. Yeah, it's really felt like we've been swimming upstream for the last sort of 12 months. And then until this happened, it's just sort of really just turned the tide. And like a lot of the times we would be trying to promote ourselves and telehealth services and we'd get a lot of kickback in saying, how's this going to work? I don't think this is going to work. And um, in the current climate, as unfortunate it is, it's sort of turned the tide around and we know that we can still provide great quality care. So um, it's been, yeah, as Eric said, it's been a rollercoaster this this journey so far.
0: I think that's one of the huge positives that's came out of COVID, isn't it, for all uh, health and allied healthcare overall, just that acceptance, as you said, Eric, literally within three or four weeks of telehealth as an option and also as Medicare and the government and a lot of private health funds going, sure, why not?
1: (laughs) Just like
0: that. Whereas without this, it would have taken people like yourselves and a lot of other boards in other uh, health professions a hell of a lot of advocacy to say, hey, this stuff works. This is an option. Whereas the proof's in the pudding. We're doing it now. We're absolutely doing it. One thing I think you said before, Trav, you know, it's just having that chat initially, especially uh, with that initial consult for you guys, just having that chat. Because I know one thing I hear uh with clients who have had prostate and they're seeing the various professionals that are involved and they've been recommended to is that you know i'll never forget one bloke he said something along the lines of he goes the doctor just he couldn't say my dick he just kept saying you know uh you know your penis or he he was just awkward talking about it and he was so clinical about it and where the, the client said to me he goes i'm sitting there thinking fuck i'm gonna be you know reading this list, I could be pissing myself, I can't have sex, can't get it up all this and the doctor can't even mm. come out from behind his clipboard and actually just be real with me about this and I get the sense from speaking to you guys that is another selling point big difference between you guys and probably a lot of other health professionals in this space.
1: Yeah, I guess that when we're talking about these personal issues you you can't have the clinical barrier up um, all the time and be too sort of technical about the terminology you use. I think having an ability to relate to people and just using free for all terms like rooting the misses or um, talking about your cock and all those sorts of things. I think men just once I hear that that like, and I'm sure you're getting this all the time with the way that you treat your blokes. Carl is just like, oh fuck, this guy is actually. A normal person I can shoot the shit with him but mm. then he can also be a guide to help me know what I need to start doing and where I can get help and get back to where I want to be so I think that's a hugely important um, factor in treating men I think they don't relate to highly feminized environments that healthcare can often portray to be and that's that Men just won't engage in healthcare if that's, it's going to be like that. So I think if you can sort of make it a little bit light and approachable, um, be yourself as if you're just talking to a mate. And I think men really enjoy that and sort of reap greater rewards from that. Mm. Well,
0: it's that trust, isn't it? I mean, uh, sure. in our profession especially, but in, in like any allied health setting, if you don't have that rapport if you don't have that trust with that clinician, it doesn't matter if they're an associate professor in that space. If you don't have the rapport and trust them, you're not going to follow what they tell you. Therefore, treatment outcomes aren't going to occur.
2: Absolutely. That's, what, uh, that's probably the most rewarding aspect of what we do is after that, those first couple of consultations and you really start to build that bond. Because that's at the end of the day what it is. You, we're, we're helping you, helping coach you. But uh, we also like we, we want to be your friend, like we want to be mates. And once that comes across and you're able to get down to the really nitty gritty, cut the fluff and uh, just get into it. That's when one, the men really start opening up about some pretty deep problems with intimacy that they're currently dealing with. And we just give them strategies like, hey, go out and try this or bring your partner into one of these consultations. We would love to go over strategies with both of you because it's a teamwork approach. And, uh, we found that's worked really well. We just get to meet the coolest, coolest guys and just get to help them. And we learn a lot from them too, that we then reflect on, Trav and I reflect on, uh, together. And we bring that into the next patient, into the next consult. So it's constantly evolving. We're always learning. But like you were saying, Carlos, if you can, you just got to get out there and say it. And we call it man speak. Uh, they don't we're not, they want to hear us citing articles. Can we? Yes. That's probably how we would speak to your urologist or your GP, but that's not how we speak to you. Just get down to it, have a conversation, and uh, make some progress.
0: Yeah, and I think our philosophies from a business perspective is so similar in that regard, isn't it? I love that, Eric, uh, cutting the fluff. I've never heard of it that, but I think I'm going to have to use that on my next Facebook ad, I think, cut in the fluff.
2: Go for it. <laughs> Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> so,
0: gents, is there anything else you feel, you know, there's – I'm mindful there's probably a lot of guys who listen to this, probably some who have been impacted either personally or through a family member with prostate cancer. Is there anything else you would say to those guys who are listening and have had that lived experience of prostate?
2: Yes. I think I can speak for both Trav and myself where we want to say that we can understand how difficult of a situation you could be dealing with right now and how hard it might feel to want to discuss this with someone else Um, we know a lot of these guys that we're treating have just kept it to themselves and not even wanted to talk about it with their partners so we understand the ramifications of that but we just want to let everyone know that if you are willing to have that chat and to start seeking some really good help we would love to be there for you and as we were mentioning earlier on we've got a free initial consultation everything is extremely private encrypted. Um, So it's, yeah, commitment-free chat. Let us know what you're having problems with. Our website has a heap of information on there. Uh, We we like to think that we've recorded a couple of really uh, valuable videos on how we go about treating. So if you're wondering how do these guys even treat me online, we've got a video for that on our homepage. Uh, If you're wondering why do I even need physiotherapy or how can it help me, we've got another video. They're really short and concise, so we won't take up too much of your time. But uh, yeah, I would we would suggest and we invite any interested man to visit our website. Uh, we'd really, really enjoy the opportunity to meet you and to potentially help you. And if not, refer you on to someone that can. But uh,
1: and, yeah. and another core philosophy of ours is putting you back into the control of your own health. I think a lot of men go bananas if they've been told to, if they've got cancer, but they're told to sit and wait on it. I think a lot of what we do is giving them some purpose to go towards their next urology visit and sort of determine what changes they can make themselves without um, that urologist telling them what to do. So we're sort of like a bit of a middleman there as well. So a lot of the time they can be doing things to improve their own situation. And we just want men to be really open with their care. A lot of men will naturally enough bottle things in and won't want to speak to anyone, but if you want the ultimate best of yourself going forward with a life with cancer, you you need to start personally reflecting and building taking down some of those barriers and really seek help and be open and honest with yourself.
0: That sense of control, Trav, I mean that's one thing I was thinking about as you guys were talking earlier. Instead of being bounced around from referral to gp to urologist all of that and just thinking oh, i've got to rely on the surgery the medication or whatnot then be giving them hey you can control abcd and how well you do that can have a big impact as you said eric on your treatment outcomes and quality of life that's huge for guys it gives them that hope doesn't it now one thing i did want to ask before uh, we start to wrap up is it just australian men because you're online but I'm mindful our audience is not just Australian. So what if you've got a bloke overseas here in this?
2: Yeah, no, that's a really good question. Um that's one of the the key topics right now that we're discussing on this board for Australia. Um, at the moment the regulation uh isn't all that specific. So we it, it's a it's a tricky, it's a tricky, tricky uh topic but we can help people and we can find other people to help them if you are overseas so i do a lot of mentoring for uh, one of the prostate groups in the united states and uh, have been able to help a lot of men that way Uh, but yes we can we can treat as of right now that all might change with the addition of regulations everything has to be kept above board but um We still want people living uh, outside of Australia to get in touch with us because we can find people that can help and we can help you ourselves. Excellent.
0: Well, you heard it. And for now, if you're overseas, get in contact while you still can and get these guys to help you. Otherwise, I'm sure they can hook you up with somebody local. Boys, this has been awesome. I think this is going to provide so much value to people out there because... I know myself, I mean, I'm not at that age bracket yet, obviously, but uh, you know, I knew bugger all, really, about prostate until I started working with some clients. And last 40, 50 minutes, I've learned a hell of a lot. Uh, so where can people find you and uh, where can they look you up and get in contact and hopefully get the ball rolling?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So our website is onlineprostate.physio. Um, which I'm sure you'll you'll link into this uh, into this uh, webinar here, Cal. And you can find us on Facebook as well, Online Prostate Physiotherapy. We're on LinkedIn, Online Prostate Physiotherapy. Uh, but yeah, I think the best bet is to to visit our website, and everything's there, onlineprostate.physio. Just keep it short and sweet. And um, Trav, I have anything else to add to that? No, I think that covers uh,
1: most things, there, mate.
0: Onlinephysio.prostate yeah. and these guys will also be doing a bit of a blog for <laughs> us too Online I believe
2: Onlineprostate.physio My bad FMonster You're all good All good
0: .physio <laughs> But it will be on uh, the podcast notes and they will be doing a blog for us so it will be on our website too with all of their details thank you so much boys, for giving us your time and I'm sure we will chat to you soon because we will have many many questions down the track but all the best with everything
1: Appreciate it, Carl. Yeah. Uh, thanks thanks for this opportunity. We've been loving the amount of content you've been producing and putting out there, and we want you to keep up the great work because I, I do think our businesses um, philosophically are really closely aligned. So, yeah, we really appreciate yeah. the opportunity to explain ourselves and um, and your audience. Hopefully, they've gained something out of this, um, whether they've got prostate cancer themselves or know of someone with prostate cancer, or whether they don't have any bloody idea about it. So, we hope there's
2: been some value there so those guys yeah hats off to you Kyle you and your team are doing fantastic fantastic things and uh, we've really enjoyed kind of watching your journey and all the content that you post out so good on you guys it's been really exciting to see
0: ah, thanks boys look forward to your growth we'll chat soon Bye, time. Time. thanks again for tuning in to the Bloke Psychology Podcast if you like what you heard please leave us a review share it with a friend or subscribe to the podcast. If you want to contact us or find out any more about the work we do at Bloke Psychology, just go to blokepsychology.com.au. Take care, guys.